Thank you, Zach, uh, for the encouragement. Um, I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to embarrass, but I did want to say these visitors in the second row here are famous people. Um, they're Zach's parents, Zach's parents from the San Fernando Valley. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure that they got uh, spotlighted this morning. We're thankful for your son. We're thankful uh, for what he means to us here at Bear Valley Church. It's been a blessing to have him in the last four or so months. Uh, so it's Family Sunday. It's Family Sunday, and some of you are breaking out in a rash already. Um, as I think about Family Sunday, I think about going on a plane with children, small children. Have any of you ever done that? Uh, have any of you sat by people who have done that? There's two types of people. Uh, there's the people who have done it before, and when they see those people, they're like, oh, I want to help them. I want to help them because that seems so difficult. And there are others that, uh, like, it's like the plague, they're, they're, they see him walk on and they're like, no, no, do not sit by me. They're hoping it's southwest so they can just jump to another seat and d- do whatever. Um, this morning, I uh, realized we're going to have some of those issues and that's okay. It's okay. I was thinking about it. I, I've, when our, our two oldest were very small, we flew actually twice in a summer uh, with a, I think it was a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And some parents, like the the whole um, build up to it, they're so nervous if they're going to be those, those family. You know, I look back, I didn't think about it at all. Uh, and that's just maybe the way I am. And part of the problems that I have in life is I'm not concerned about others very much. Um, so anyways, this morning's Family Sunday. Uh, most of you spent some time with your family this last week. And and kids, I hate to tell you this, uh, there's more to come of spending time with family. And, you know, there, didn't you take pictures over Thanksgiving? Any picture takers? Uh, you guys love that, don't you? Uh, getting all dressed up, especially boys. They're like, what's the purpose? I don't get this. Our family doesn't look like this usually. And you're trying to make it seem like we look like this all the time? It's not true. Um so, so kids, we're going to do some family things. I think, Mr. Lenny, are you around? I lost him. He's got some papers that, uh, Caleb, would you find those papers somewhere? Oh, they're already out. Do, are there any leftovers? Any leftovers? Kids don't have papers. I want kids to have papers. Okay. Caleb, would you find those somewhere? They're over there somewhere. Okay. They're half sheets. Thank you. When you're a son of a pastor, it's not so good on a Sunday morning sometimes. Um, kids, uh, I want, first of all, Dan, can you pull that up for me? I want you to draw a picture, draw a picture of your family, kids. Draw a picture of your family. And um, uh, this is, it might look something like this. This is one of the budding artists of Bear Valley Church drew this much better than I would. And I want you to draw them as they are. Okay, kids? Do your best drawing your family. And some of you are going to say, well, I'm not a very, I can't draw very well. I'm not a very good artist. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. You, um, if, you ha- if you need one of these, Caleb's going to come around. Just put your hand up if you need one. Uh, any hands going up? Everyone in the world has one. Right here, Caleb. Caleb, right here. Mr. Gray needs one right there. 
I bet you his artwork's not very good, to be honest with you. Uh, actually, it probably is. Architect, you probably could do some. Anyways, um, draw your family. Draw your family. And I want you to draw what your family looks like. Sometimes we want to uh, draw as our family, as we want them to be, but draw them as they are. If they don't have hair, make sure they don't have hair. If they have big feet, put that on there too, Okay. Uh, if they sometimes dress a little sloppy, you can make that in there too. Some of you are wondering, uh, you're going, how? But I can't, I can't draw it perfect. Well, that's part of your family too, that they're not perfect as well. Um, in fact, let's be honest, they're not even close. <laughs> they're not even close to perfect. And this morning, what I would like to do is talk to us all a little bit about family. I realize at the beginning of um, December, just coming off Thanksgiving, we've seen our family. Sometimes it's hard to be with family. Sometimes we're excited to be with family, and then when it's over, we realize they're not as great as uh, we wanted them to be. Uh, Sometimes we have big build-ups to the day itself, and then the day after, we're like, oh, I wish it would have been different. Um, and this morning, kids, I want to talk to us all about your family, some things that you need to remember about your family. Um, so here we go. So I want you to draw a picture like you saw up there. And then um, we will we have five things I want to talk to you about kids when it comes to family. The first one is this. This is true. I want you to remember this about your family. And it goes like this, okay? Sin, sinner, sinner, and other sinners, okay? And we could even go on farther than that, but that's just what we're going to do. First thing is sin. First thing is sin. Kids, we live in a sinful world. Every part of this world is touched by sin. Every part of this world. Kids, if you went to Genesis chapter 3 and looked at it, you would see in the first two chapters that God made everything perfect. He made everything perfect. And then in chapter 3, sin enters the world and messes everything up. Everything up. And you say, well, what did it mess up? Everything. Everything. There's not a corner or, or a piece of this world that isn't touched by sin. It's interesting, kids, if you'd think about it and you'd read... What happened immediately was an animal died. What happened immediately is people started to decay and get old. That um, very soon after that, somebody got killed. Somebody got killed. And most most importantly, as sin entered the world, there was this separation. There was this fear of God where they ran away from God. And so that's the first word, sin, okay? Sinner, that's your dad. That's your dad. That second one, that first. Sin, we're living in a sinful world. Sinner, that's your dad. That's your dad. And you go, how can you talk about my dad like that? Because it's true. That's why. I like your dad. Most of your dads I know, they're, they're probably nice enough guys. But at, at, I want to tell you that they are a sinner. That's the second word. The third world is your mom. Is your mom the other sinner? Okay, the other sinner, and you're going, 
you're talking about my mom like that? Yeah, and if I had more time, I'd talk about your grandfather and your grandmother. And uh, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you the truth. As you, you can go to the book of Romans, and there are other places uh, about this too. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says that there is none righteous, none righteous, not even one, not even one. As you think about that, kids, that's hard to imagine, isn't it? That no one is without sin. Nobody. And so there's a sinful world. There's sin in the world. There's a sinner. That's your dad. There's another sinner. That's your mom. That's your mom. And then there's other sinners. That's real easy to figure out, right? That's you and your siblings, your brothers and your sisters. And what's great about having more siblings than just one is you can understand this a lot easier, can't you? Uh, Who who has fought with their brothers or sisters before? Who's ever done that? Some of you aren't raising your hands. Lying in church, lying in church. It's okay. You can lie in here just as well as you can lie out there, you know, Um that that's what happens and and sometimes we wonder kids why we wonder it's so hard to be in our family and it's because of sin your dad the sinner your mom the sinner you the sinner and your siblings sinners your brothers and sisters okay that's why it's so hard to be a family you need to remember this you should not be shocked by this kids Moms, you should not be shocked by this. Dads, this is why it's so difficult. We cherish the family here at Bear Valley Church, but we are under no illusion that it's simple. We're under no illusion that, um, you know, that in your family, it's kind of like that, that perfect family. They don't even have them on TV anymore. They don't even have those kind of families anymore. It's, but, but there's no sense of perfection to what we are. We are sinners, and that's why it's so difficult to be a family. So that's the first thing I want you to remember about the family. The second thing that I want you to remember about the family is this. They are God's perfect plan for you. God's perfect plan for you. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? I'll tell you what I mean by that. First of all, it's not your plan, it's His plan. Think about that, that that your family and I'm not talking about the idea of family kids. I'm talking about your mom. Insert her name. I'm talking about your dad, the guy that is your dad. I'm talking about your sisters and your brothers, the ones that you want to maybe sell or at least leave at Disneyland and never come back. Right. I'm talking about them. I'm talking about even uh, your extended family, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, some of which are kind of weird. And you had to spend some time with them just a few days ago. And guess what? You might see them again. At least next time they might bring gifts. (laughs) I want to tell you, they are God's perfect plan for you. God's perfect plan for you. As you think about this, in the same book uh, we talked about earlier, Genesis chapter 2, it talks about that God made man and woman, male and female, 
perfect for one another. Adam and Eve were perfect for one another. You look now in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. And you know what it says? What God has joined together. Think about that. Think about that. Uh, It's interesting, kids. This isn't very interesting for you most of the time. But what adults do when they meet each other in couples, you know what they always ask? Well, how did you meet your husband? How did you meet your wife? And we tell these elaborate stories that well, how this all came together and some of it's kind of crazy and some of it's kind of boring. Most of it's fairly boring, but we get excited about it. But um, what has happened when a, a man and a woman come together in marriage? Even with all their faults, even with all that the, the baggage that they bring, God has joined them together. It's his plan. And you say, well, the kids are going right now. I'm not really interested in how my parents came together. What does that have to do with me? Um, I'll tell you what it has to do for you. Real simple. If you look to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter uh, 139, verse 13. You know what it says about you, kids? It says this, that God knit you together in your mother's tummy, in your mother's womb. He knit you together. And you say, well, how does that all happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I don't understand those things at all. I just know this, that it is God doing it. It's God the one bringing you together in your mother's tummy. And so what you see is that, that God had a plan for this. That he brought your parents together, he, he put them, he joined them together, no man should separate, right? And then the, the, the part that's you kids is that he took care of you, he knit you together, and he brought you into the family that you were in. And, and you need to see this, kids, you need to see this, adults, grandparents, that there is a sense of God's plan working out in your home. And it's his perfect plan for you. I often think um, sometimes, uh, you know, in uh, professional sports, they trade players. You know, uh, we got this team here. It's a great team. I want to trade you. I want to trade you. um, Maybe you've seen one of the great classic movies of all time. Lucy must be traded. The Charlie Brown one. You might want to look it up. Uh, and, and there's a sense, the two baseball teams, and they're trading their players that they don't want. I think Lucy got traded for a pizza or something like that, if I recall correctly. Um, you may think about your family that way. You may think about how you wouldn't have done it this way. But I want to tell you, kids, parents, grandparents, I want to tell you, That that's God's perfect plan for you. The person you're married to. The kids that you have. The parents that you have. The grandparents that you have. The aunts and crazy aunts and uncles that you have. This is all part of God's plan for you. His perfect plan for you. I want to say something else that gets me really excited. And we're going to talk about it again. 
I want to say, especially in the case of adoption, especially in the case of adoption. We have some adults here today that have been adopted into a family. We have some kids who have been adopted into a family today. And what's so exciting about that, when it talks, when you think about God's word, this is what I want you to hear. This is so cool. That God chose to use in talking about his own love for mankind, his choosing of choosing of us for adoption. And the beautiful picture for those of you who have been adopted into your family to know that that's part of God's plan as well. The choosing of your parents of you being a picture of his love for mankind, sinful mankind. What a beautiful thing. And we're going to talk about adoption a little bit later as well. But I I get excited. In the book of Romans, Galatians, and Ephesians, it refers to salvation as adoption. That God did a work and that he reached down to us and brought us into his family. What a beautiful picture. So that was number two. that, uh, That your family, your family is God's perfect plan for you. The third point I want to bring up, and I did it in generalities in the first one, but I want to say it again. You need to remember that your family is not perfect. It's not perfect. Um, And you're saying, well, who are you talking to? You. (laughs) Talking to you. And, and you say, well, how do you know that? You've never been over to our house. Yeah, I was sitting outside when you were arguing. I heard the, the yelling and screaming and crying. No, I didn't really. I, I could have, though, right? You've heard that before, right? That's happened in your home, hasn't it? You say, no, our, our family doesn't yell or fight. We just go to our, our corners. And it's silent fuming. Pouting and fuming, uh, I want to tell you this, kids, uh, and this may shock you. A couple of things that I want to tell you. Um, That if you look at the families in the Bible, the families in the Bible, they are a mess. They are a mess. Uh, uh, In the Bible, there's fighting uh, between brothers and sisters. Even sometimes ending in murder and killing. There's uh, infidelity and lying and cheating. There's stealing. There's deception. And the list goes on and on within family. And you say, in the Bible? In the Bible. People who, who called themselves God's people and even who God called His people. So your family's not perfect and they're not alone. They're, they're, they're just like the people in the Bible. The, the reason I say that, and this is very important, kids, to remember this. You might say, um, well, God's got this great plan for a family and it's perfect. But I look at my family and they're not perfect. Forget it. I don't want a family. I don't want to participate in this family. I'm done with family. And as soon as I can get out of here, I will be done with my family. I want to tell you, uh, that's not God's plan for you. 
Just because the pieces of your family aren't perfect, don't abandon the idea that God wants you to be involved and in relationship with your family. I say this especially, kids, not just to you, but to the older folks here. You know, it's interesting, kids, uh, when you've only been alive this long, you can create problems, or only this many problems. The longer that life goes on, uh, the more problems we can create. And sometimes even uh, that we have relationships that we are this close, and then over time they drift apart. And they get more difficult as time goes on. I want to tell you that don't abandon the idea of family just because the pieces are not perfect and difficult. So your family, I want you to remember that your family, they are never perfect. Fourth thing I want to tell you is this, that you need a family. You need a family. Um, you say, well, what do you mean by I need a family? I, I need a family. That, that's kind of interesting way to say it. Let me just start out with this. Let me just start out with this. Um, did you know that Jesus was born into a family. Pretty profound, huh? Some of you kids are going, haven't you ever read your Bible, Pastor Kevin? If you just figured that out now, we're struggling as a pastor. We've got to get rid of this guy. If you just figured this out. Kids, this is what I find interesting about that. Why did Jesus need to be born into a family? Why? He was God. It's not like he needed any of them. It's not like, you know, why couldn't he do it all by himself? You know why? Because God's idea is the family. And that he, in a special way, he gave Mary to be the mother of Jesus and Joseph to to be the father to raise him. And Jesus had siblings as well that came after him. And I find that so interesting that Jesus, the one that needed nothing, that he had a family too. As I think about this, um, I want you to uh, again think about adoption. You need a family. <clears throat> what, what God pictures in salvation is this, kids, that it's not good to be without a family. It's not good to be without a family. And so Jesus sees people out on their own, sinning, living their life apart from him. And he says, it's not good for you. You need to come into my family. And not just that, I want to adopt you into my family. This family of the church uh, is spoken of in the book of Galatians, kids. Galatians chapter 4. And I'll just read this. It's really a heavy passage, but I'll read it quickly and then I'll just bring out a few things. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Love it. Adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of God into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Now I want to tell you, 
This is what's so great about this picture of us needing a family. And that God is blessing us through the family. So, so you get this picture of, um, that was the Galatians passage. But remember I told you it's in Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. This picture of adoption. He says, it's not good for you to be out on your own. It is not good. I want to bring you into my family. I want to bring you into my family. And so what does he do? He says, you were a slave to sin. You were a slave apart. You know, you, you, you had all kinds of problems, but I didn't leave you that way. I brought you into my family. I adopted you into my family. And, and how did he adopt us? As a son, as a full heir, as someone. It's kind of hard for us to think, but it's the idea that he made you his precious, loved son or daughter. He, he brought you in. He said, you are mine and I love you. And not just as someone who goes, yeah, we're going to give him a room to live in and stuff like that. But, but what he says is as a full heir. And you say, what's a full heir? And why do they call it heir when it looks like hair? Okay. Um, it's a German word. No, anyways. Uh, um, what that is, kids, it's with full inheritance. It's getting all the stuff that comes from your father. That's the picture of God. And, and so get this. It's not good for you to be out on your own. Guess what? If God's given you a family, even though it's not perfect, it's not good for you to be out on your own alone from them. So you need a family. Number five. I want to tell you why you have a family. And this is my really my last point this morning, kids, is this. What does God want to do in your life through your family? Why, why has he given you a family and why are, you know, they are. I want to give you a few suggestions of why he's given you a family. To cure your loneliness, to cure your loneliness. The very first time he says it's not good for man to be alone. Book of Genesis. Why did uh, marriage exist? Why did that come about? So we would not be alone. It's not good to be alone. It's not good to live alone. You should be living with someone. You should be connected with your family. Secondly, to, for wisdom. You look at the book of Proverbs. There's a passing down of wisdom from one generation to the other. I want to talk to you about grandparents here for a minute, kids. This is very important. Grandparents know more than you do. They do. And it's real simple because they've been in the school of life longer. They've got more years. And so what it's supposed to do is this, to pass it down, pass out down their wisdom to you. You say, well, I don't need their wisdom. Oh, yes, you do. There's two ways to learn things. You can learn it from somebody else or you can learn it yourself. Um, and if you learn it yourself, there's usually the scars to prove it, kids. There's the marks on your body of foolishness. And so your grandparents are there as well as your parents to hand down wisdom generation to generation. Kids, I want to I encourage you about something. Ask your grandparents questions. Ask them questions. Ask them, hey, what was it like when you were a kid? How did you deal with uh, someone who was mean to you at school? And if they say punched him in the nose, how should have you dealt with that uh, when uh, you were? 
What do you know about God, Grandpa? What do you know about God, Grandma? How, how, how does he work? I've got some questions to talk to your grandparents. They would love to share with you. And it's like gold that they would hand down to you. You, you should want it for wisdom, for service, kids. Uh, you know, in, in your life, kids, it's very important for you to realize that there's opportunities to be great and to, to do things that are great. You know where they should start? At home. At home. Your opportunity, you may say, I want to serve God. I want to be great. Serve your mom. Serve your dad. Look for opportunities to care about your brother or your sister. Take care of your grandparents. Bring them their shoes when they can't. Tie their shoes when they can't. Bring them their cup of coffee, their newspaper. Find their glasses for them. They would love it. Serve them. You know, this is God's guide for the family, for parents too, right? It's hard sometimes, isn't it, parents? You have kids and you have parents and you go, when is there, when is it my time? I want to tell you, there isn't any of your time. None. Your time is for service, to serve your kids and to serve your parents. That's what we, that's what God has made us for. And if you can get that in your mind, uh, your days will be happier. You'll feel a sense of fulfillment. If you're looking for time for you just to do whatever you selfishly want to do, it's not going to come and you're going to be frustrated. Grandparents, guess what? It's time to set up the next generation. It's to build relationships in such a way where you can set up your kids and grandparents. It's kind of like T-ball back in the day, right? How's that work? Uh, You take the ball, you put it on there, you show them where it is, they hit it. You set them up for the next generation. Service, service within the family. It's supposed to happen. It's designed to happen. Also, sanctification. It's a big word, kids. And all it means is this. That God wants you to to be more like Him. He's growing you. And you know how He's doing that? Through your parents, grandparents, and siblings. Some of it's some of it's rough. You know, how do you learn how to share? Your brother takes your stuff. How, how do you learn how to sacrifice? You don't get your way at home. It, it, it's God's plan. It's His design. Um, it's also for your protection, kids. It's your for your protection. God loves you so much that he has put you in a family for your protection. Parents, for you as well. Your uh, your parents, the grandparents of your children, that's for your protection. Your kids are to make sure you don't waste your life for your protection. And lastly, I just want to say it this way, kids, for awesomeness. For awesomeness. God's made you rich and he's going to make you great because he's blessed you with a family. Just to tie this up this morning, I want to say this. uh, That we should grab a hold of or embrace the good plan of God in your life and acknowledge that your family has got problems. Don't list them out. There's too many. Um, And that in that, that God's put you in there with a plan so that we should cling to Him 
and to be our role in our family so our family could be as good as it possibly can be. This is what I wanted to share with you on Family Sunday. Let me pray, and then we're going to share in a time of communion. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the families represented here this morning. I pray that we would see our role as critical and that we would trust in you and cling to you and cry out to you that you would help us to be all that you want us to be. God, thank you for this morning. Bless these families. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. We're going to take a little bit extra time on communion today um, just to try to explain what it means a little bit more. And so if you have your Bible, if you'd open to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is one of the most uh, clear passages we have as far as um, communion, the Lord's Supper. And so for you,